welcome back welcome back everyone thanks so much for making it to episode four with me i honestly think this would have been such a funny video series like a video montage of me making this podcast because i'm so passionately talking about all these things but all you can hear is my voice anyways it has been such a long journey to get this far but i'm honestly so excited to share with you what i believe is about to be the most exciting episode of the season so in today's episode four donuts and coffee the usual i am going to detail what it looks like to be a police officer the daily routine and all the little quirks knickknacks giggles and hiccups that come along with being a cop i will perhaps break down some stigma and hopefully describe elements of police work that are not generally known i also got to work with sled and sit in on some court cases this past few months so i hope to share all about my experiences and I'm done prefacing. I'm just going to dive right in. So please keep listening if you want to hear about alcohol buys, drug searches, evidence, court cases, and of course, donuts and coffee, the usual. So first off, I want to break down what is most relevant to my internship, which is police work. I was super fortunate enough to be able to do a ride-along before my internship concluded because there was a lot of COVID restrictions and I also had to be 18 in order to do that and luckily I turned 18 uh, January 8th so I had about a month to schedule something and I also had to make sure that the COVID restrictions had lifted so super fortunate to get to um, have that amazing experience. I did a ride-along with Officer Cade Woods He was great. I really enjoyed um, his feedback and he really helped me through the whole process. And he was great at just teaching and and talking about everything like it was, you know, being heard with new ears, which it was. I had never, you know, really experienced everything firsthand. So he was really awesome at walking me through um, kind of what everything meant, the steps. He gave me a tour of uh, the law enforcement building, the LEC. Um, and I had so much fun. It was actually, it was cold, wet, and rainy on the day that we went, but it was actually pretty good. And I, I got to, I got to have a little bit of fun. So I wanted to kind of break down the stigma around, you know, what do you do? Um, are cops just riding around to just trying to pull you over? Like what, what is that all about? So I'm going to let you on. So first up, you know, I get there and my first thing to experience is kind of just sitting in the front seat of cop car, not the back, luckily. <laughs> but, you know, they've got the laptop and I'm always curious, like, what what's on that laptop? You know, like, I'm looking at it and I see it from behind, like, in, when I look at my rearview mirror, I'm like, what are they? Are they looking me up? Are they putting me in the system? What are they doing? So what that is used for is mostly going to be maps. So they're usually just finding where to go. So somebody will radio them and say, uh, you know, we've got a seven, 77 notice, uh, 10 four, you know, and that means, you know, they've got a trespassing notice. So they will then tell them the location and they use the computer to kind of look at what part of their zone they need to go to. So the County, because I'm currently interning with the GPD, the County is split into four, technically five zones so each zone is covered by a certain amount of officers and you stay in your zone on your shift so we were in i think we were in zone three i believe which is 
um, sort of Lawrence Road, Verde, Haywood area. A lot of fun. Um, most police officers apparently do not like Zone 3, except for Officer Woods. So that was really funny that he just enjoys that zone when nobody else does. And so they use the computer for the maps just to kind of get around. And then their radio is constantly just going off with everyone's kind of talking back and forth. And they use numbers for basically everything. So I told him right when we started, I was like, can you can you just interpret everything you know i just need a translator every time they say something can you tell me what it means so he was really helpful with that and he he tried to to say what everything meant but you know sort of with the job comes focus so there was a lot of things i didn't get but code three is um an incident that's been handled without paperwork um code one is gone on arrival at the scene Uh, again 77 notice means a trespassing notice and there's a lot of other numbers that I was trying to pick up on but again so many different numbers so many different codes um you know i think you definitely need to be a police officer to learn everything but we were kind of accompanied by another officer the whole time he was he was just kind of around because you're supposed to kind of have not backup but you you know just maybe more than one officer at each thing so we were accompanied by officer plock he was very nice as well um, so to detail a little bit about what we did, so I kind of got used to being in the car, you know, I'm looking at the, the computer, and the computer is also used to look up, um, information about someone, if they give you your license, then you can look up if they have any warrants, uh, previous arrests, um, just kind of look at their history, very helpful tool, so what a, my main thing was, um, was, I was like, how fast can we go you know what is the what is the speed limit we can go here i was asking him the the silly questions that anyone who doesn't want to be pulled over just sounds like they're asking so his thoughts were no they're not just going around waiting to pull people over okay so five over is totally fine you know nobody's uh, you know if you're driving if you look like you've got your head screwed on and you're driving just well then they're not going to pull you over um the the thing was that they just have to be aware of anything not suspicious but anything out of the ordinary is what they're looking for so if somebody's constantly getting out of the lane that the officer is in like if they keep switching lanes every time the officer switches lanes so that they're not in the same lane that's a little suspicious and if you drive the exact speed limit or if you drive under that's also apparently not um that's a little frowned upon. They kind of get a little suspicious of that. So um, what he actually did, what Officer Woods actually did, was one car kept getting out of the lane that the off, that we were in. And so he kept switching. And, and so Officer Woods was like, well, that's a little weird. So let me just follow them. So we followed them a little bit. And we would have kept following them, but they left the county. Um, so we had to turn because they don't have jurisdiction outside the county and since there was nothing about what he was doing that was like cause for any type of arrest or a chase or uh, anything like that so it was just like we have to let them go because they're not they're, they're leaving the county we don't have jurisdiction so another thing about that is uh something that was kind of fun we had about two two to three incidents 
that I, I sort of got to see the process of what he does um, in his day-to-day. So one thing was evidence, um, which was a, a double hitter because we got to go tour the um, the law enforcement center, the LEC, uh, which is like the main law enforcement center in Greenville. And that's where all the evidence is going to be taken. So we had a uh, drug confiscation at a hotel and it was a extremely small um amount of weed and that was taken into evidence we took it down to the lec uh put it away into the evidence thing he filled out a lot of paperwork and stuff but um i've always wondered you know where do they where do you take stuff like if you grab somebody's gun what do you do with that that's evidence so that's what they do they go put it all away there's tons of evidence down there um another thing we did was we we were driving around and part of what they do is they just kind of patrol um especially what uh, officer woods was doing because there's also canine units swat units um but you know he's not part of that so we just kind of rode around throughout his zone and we're checking on a lot of the kind of infamous places that are known for higher um either drug activity or just any type of uh, criminal activity and so one place we went to we were riding around and I kind of made a comment I was like oh that's funny they just waved at me from inside their car it was a it was um a male and a female that were sitting in their car and somebody waved at me and I thought it was funny and so I mentioned it so he ended up driving around a couple more times and then he ended up going and speaking with them they both had been arrested for drugs um, prior, and the things that they were telling us was, um, it was a little off, because they had their kids in the car, yet it was pouring rain, and it was freezing, and it was like, why would you be sitting out here if um, if you could just go into your room in the, in, in the motel, like, why would you be sitting in the car, and uh, they did... They did lie about a few things. Um, Who was the owner of the car? Uh, That was uh, false information that was given and uh, a few things like that. So we ended up, he asked them if he could search their car. They said no. Then he was able to call the canine unit. The canine had to come out and the dog um, alerted to there being drugs in the car. And so that was a, it takes a long time to get them out there and get, um, it's, it's, it would have been so much easier if they just said, yes, search the car because only a, such a small amount, um, uh, of drugs was found. And so if, if they would have just complied, it would have been a lot easier and they probably wouldn't have even gotten a ticket because they weren't actively, um, doing anything. And if they would have been super compliant, um, and so the guy also had a, uh, lighter on him. That isn't just a normal lighter for cigarettes, so it was a little... Nothing really was adding up, and they weren't being very compliant, so... Um, they just got a ticket, and we left, but that took about an hour and a half, just because of how um, evasive they were, and... You know, the whole time it was freezing cold, and it was raining, so it wasn't very pleasant, but I really respect all the officers and, and what they do. Um, And they're actually very good with people. They were very kind. They were asking really 
um, general questions that weren't tricky. They weren't trying to be rude or, um, I was really impressed and I, I really, I lent an ear to their conversations because I was really impressed. So, uh, the last thing we did, uh, I believe was we were kind of driving around some apartment, uh, complexes because officer Woods got a call about a trespassing notice. And so we drove up there and he gave a, uh, the man on the radio, I think it was the sergeant, gave a description of the the person who was trespassing. And so we went to go check that out and see who was trespassing. We ended up not finding him. And we talked to the kind of the manager of the complexes. And she ended up knowing who it was. It was a man that was sort of a regular there who didn't, who didn't have anywhere to stay. But um, he was there a lot. So... We didn't end up finding him, but we kind of found some of his information and we got in touch with the owner of the apartment that was trespassed into and we, you know, asked, you know, you want to press charges? Do you want to find this guy? Next time you see him, you want to call the cops? Yada, yada, yada. So that was something else we did. That was, that was pretty fun because I thought I saw the guy (laughs) because it was like, it's a guy in a brown sweatshirt. Um, and he started like coming up to the car there because Cade, Cade like walked out um, into the apartment and he was like, I'm just going to be right back. And I thought I saw the guy coming, um, which was because it was a guy in a brown sweatshirt who then like turned around and, and left. And I was like, oh, no, but we ended up not finding him. Um, so. I think that's about it because I only got to be with him for about four hours. So I had so much fun. I really appreciate Officer Woods being just, I, cause I kind of felt like, you know, you draw the short end of the stick if you have to have the intern ride with you, but he was very nice and, um, he, he was very helpful. I learned so much. I took a lot of notes. Um, <laughs> I took a lot of notes because I was, I was hearing a lot of things and seeing a lot of things that that the officers were doing and that they were kind of doing naturally almost where they probably wouldn't have have noted it but they all did things that were kind of natural that I was like wow that's a really great way of of finding out information without you're not being you're just asking a question you might already know the answer to and that's a really great way to to kind of suss out a situation so I had a lot of fun and I hope to detail a little bit more about the ins and outs of not police work but also like court cases and some sled alcohol buys which was also a lot of fun so keep on keep it on if you want to hear about that so the second thing i want to cover is the court cases that i got to experience so this is definitely a direct internship experience because the Uh, strategic planning and analysis unit that I was working with the entire internship Um, they are located in the same building as the municipal court so it's kind of like right downstairs and this was really weird it was kind of an interesting situation I was not able to intern in person with the GPD technically and I'm using air quotations when I say that um another reason I wish this was sort of a video thing, (laughs) but I was not able to intern with them because of COVID restrictions, but they were allowing visitors in court 
which this is hilarious because all of this is in the same building but there's different restrictions riddle me that so i kind of got to double whammy this and meet all of the people that i'm currently interning with um and also go to court so that was really great because i got to meet my mentor um but then i i didn't you know get to intern directly with the gpd but it was like you know i'm in the same building i got to meet some people see some faces that i've actually been talking to on my zoom calls um but then i also got to go watch these court cases so um i put on a nice outfit and i hopped down there and funny story again i think i've already told the story but i'm gonna tell it again because repetition makes memory um judge holly is actually one of my uh I, I job shadowed him in eighth grade. I, cause I wanted to be a, a judge from like the time I was born to probably ninth grade. And so of course I was like, okay, I'm going to go job shadow a judge for eighth grade. And it was him. And so here's me, you know, four to five years later coming back. And I'm, you know, I don't, I didn't expect him to remember me because he's an older gentleman and he probably has a ton of people, you know, it, you know watching him and his job but it was really just cool for me personally to be like good for you Carly for just just knowing what you want to do with your like knowing the career path you want to take and it felt really nice because it's like I've been on this journey for you know five plus years maybe of just being interested in this and I I haven't lost interest which is it's really nice to hear because you know you can get kind of scared going into a job or even into college with a major and just thinking what if I don't like it what if this isn't what I want to do but I've I've really been interested in law enforcement I've just kind of narrowed down my exact career path so it it really makes me happy to see that like I've never lost interest and I've always just I've been drawn to um the justice system and 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 criminal justice as well so anyways that's a little off topic but that was a fun story so I I do want to make a disclaimer that municipal court cases are not always the most exciting. Sometimes they can be really exciting, but I unfortunately did not get to see the ones that were really exciting. In eighth grade, I think it was actually more exciting than it was when I went in, uh, I think I went in January. I might have gone in December, but um, yeah, I think I went in December because I didn't have any court cases in January. So I... I mostly just got to see traffic stops, but I think the only sort of interesting interaction that wasn't just like, you know, a five foot four mom who drives a minivan who was speeding to her kid's soccer class, um, you know, I think the only thing that wasn't like that was there was this guy who was being, because when I walked in, I was kind of waiting on, on my mentor to come downstairs and grab me and... Um, she was gonna kind of give me a little tour and just show me what I was gonna go so I was kind of waiting for just a minute and this guy came in he was he was kind of rude to everyone he was like really he was probably uh he was a white male probably in his like 20s he just kind of had this like prideful ego thing about him he wasn't he wasn't really being polite and he was rude to the lady up front he was rude to one of the cops up front and then he ended up having to to wait for court and so when I get in there, um, he's asked to like remove his hat and everything and, and then he doesn't. And then he was just being kind of snippy with the judge. And so that was kind of, I guess, funny to watch because he was just, I mean, sometimes it's like, why don't people just like 
be respectful and not compliant, but just just be honest. I mean, I know that you might get nervous because you think you're going to get in trouble for something, but one, if you do something wrong, you're going to get in trouble. And half the time, you're going to get in less trouble if you're just honest because they usually will find out. So it wasn't super interesting, uh, but what usually happens, uh, the judge um, puts on his robe in his chambers. He comes out, sits down. There, there's not really a gavel. It's not really a gavel situation. Uh, there might have been a gavel, actually. I don't really remember. But anyways, it wasn't really a big deal whether it was there or not. There's usually a, a cop. Um, there's some sort of police officer, usually about two or three, in the room. Um, they usually have to give a statement or talk about the incident. Um, then there is... Um, usually someone who is scribing what what is said in the courtroom somebody who can type really fast uh there was a woman who was typing everything that was being said while we were in there and then there is the person like the people that are are going to be called up to the stand are are going to be kind of sitting out in not the audience but you know in the in the room there was no jury um it was it was very low-key because I kind of came at the time of day when it wasn't very spunky, but it was still really fun just to watch um, how each person um, kind of interacts and how, you know, how respectful you should treat someone and, and how the officers treat the judge, how the judge um, gets treated by each different person. It was, it's definitely a, law enforcement is definitely a career of rank and I like that because I like constantly having a reason to move up because I I don't, it's not like I like to be respected. So I'm going to be at the top. It's just like you earn. That's, that's the big thing is you earn constantly. You're constantly earning your next spot. So that was, uh, that was about it for the court case scenario. I just went in for a few court cases and the only other time I've done that was in eighth grade. Lots of fun, same judge. Um, so Next, it's going to be a little bit more exciting because I'm going to talk about SLED. Uh, it's not directly tied to my internship, but it was still a lot of fun. It, d- it definitely relates, so stay tuned. Alright, so to switch paces back to a little bit more fun and exciting, this segment is not going to be directly linked to my internship, but it's an opportunity I took through the school. Uh, and it heavily relates to this episode and my career field in general. So my school contacted me about perhaps working with SLED because um, most of my school knows, like my administration knows that I'm into more law enforcement based career paths and especially because of my internship. So they kind of reached out and were like, hey, would you like to have this opportunity to work with SLED? They need... um, people under the age of like 20 that are willing to do alcohol buys so I was originally thinking no when I saw the email I was like I don't have time and I also don't know if I'd feel comfortable doing that that doesn't really sound like something I could see myself doing which long story short I did it really fun experience and uh I got when I got the email um there was a there was a time to meet and so I went to my school the day that we needed to meet and one of the agents uh, special agent 
Metzler, I still don't know how to say her name. It's like Metz, Metzler, either way. Uh, she was, we're just going to call her special agent uh, because I only worked with her and another guy. I don't know his name, but he's also a special agent for SLED. So we're just going to call him the special agents and refer to them in the plural from now on because I don't really know how to say their names. So when I got there, the female special agent was, I, maybe I'll just call her special agent M, you know, because I can't pronounce her last name. So um, maybe S-A-M. Sam. <gasps> special Agent M. Okay, we're gonna call her Sam because it stands for Special Agent M. Okay. That's hilarious. So, Special Agent <laughs> Sam. Sam. Okay, so Sam was there when I got there and she had us do our fingerprints. Uh, she had us sign all this paperwork, give her our license, and she got a lot of information about us. Uh, I think they did a drug screening, perhaps? I, maybe they didn't. Uh, I just had to fill out some paperwork. It was pretty brief, to be honest. Um, but it was also sort of in-depth at the same time, so... <laughs> I can't believe I'm calling a agent uh, Sam, but that's hilarious. I just came up with that. So I'm not going to delete this. I'm not going to go back and redo this because I, I think it's funny. You just saw my thought process just happen in front of your eyes. Another reason I wish this was a video thing because you would have laughed watching me come up with that in person. So... Anyways, so I filled out all the paperwork for that, and I gave her my number as well so that we were able to get in contact. Then, uh, all that happened at the school, like, with all the paperwork and everything, because there were a couple other kids that were given the opportunity as well. Um, another, a uh, couple other seniors, and then some other underclassmen, but we all had to be uh, under 21, but the main thing is that we were obviously young. So, I get a text, and I was finally able to set up a date to when I was able to work with them. We started at 10 a.m., I met them at a QT, and I, it was actually really, I was kind of, I was <laughs> super nervous, to be honest, because I was like, well, do I just jump in some random stranger's car, and we just start driving around, and what if, you know, I don't know, there was a lot of things on my mind. So... I actually just got, when I got there, I got out of my car, I got in their truck, and I was with Sam and the other special agent, and they were like, you know, everyone's nervous their first, the first go around, uh, but you'll get used to it, it's, you gotta get used to hearing the word no, um, so just to detail what we did, we did about 20 different places, we would drive up, um, they would park, I would go in, I would pick up something pretty cheap that had to be an alcoholic beverage, I would set it on the counter and make the transaction, and when they asked for my ID, I would show it to them. If they asked if I was 21, I would just hand them my ID, I wouldn't say no, but I would not lie, because you're not trying to trick them, you're just trying to only have the ID be the the deciding factor of, you know, is this, are they actually checking or are they just doing the formality of if they hand me their ID, well, then they're probably telling the truth. So I do look a little older than 17, 18. When I did this, it was in December. And so I was 17 then. And surprisingly enough, 
about 50% of the people that took my license said, oh, you're not over 18, you can't buy this. So most people think that the drinking age is 18, which was a little surprising uh, because I felt like it was common knowledge that 21 is the age. Maybe they change it a lot, I don't know. But um, I'm not saying if you're over 18, go buy alcohol because they will sell it to you. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying a lot of people seem to think it's 18. So I'm actually really anxious to see if I can go again because now I'm 18. So I feel like I'm going to... And again, you're not trying to trick people. But since I'm kind of given a covert mission of will they sell this to me or not, you kind of feel like you want them to sell it to you. But that's that's personal. Don't tell Sam I said that. Special Agent M. Um, so... Anyway, so what I would do is I would go somewhere like a CVS or ABC liquor store and I would just buy, you know, pick up something cheap, set it on the counter. And most people, I think about 18 out of 20 people said, nice try or yeah, you can't buy this. You're not old enough. It was honestly kind of just like they've dealt with it a lot. So it's it wasn't that weird because I'm sure they've had a lot of people try to buy stuff. They were just kind of like, nice try. And I would just say, thank you. And I would leave. Because you are thanking them. You, you don't want them to just be selling alcohol to minors. So the there were two times, there were almost three, but there were two times where they sold it to me. So one time was at an ABC store. I I had been to about 10 by this point. So I was like, I was predicting each store would not sell it to me. And so I just picked up this, like, bigger thing of, like, coconut rum, and I set it on the counter, and it was almost like a joke to me, because I'm like, who, I mean, who who would buy this? And most of all, like, a teenager, or at least somebody who looks the exact age of 21, like, who would just put this on the counter? The guy checks my ID and checks me out, and then I walked out, I was like, um... So I just spent like $15 on alcohol that now has to go into evidence. And, you know, because you're supposed to get like a 99 cent, um, like little, uh, like those little like tasting like wine things. Just because you're not trying to spend all their money. So I thought that was funny because I was like, I didn't mean to just spend all the money. I just didn't think he would. I thought it was kind of obvious that he wouldn't buy it. Anyways, he sold it to me. So that was one buy. And then another one was at a well, I'm not going to say where it was because I don't want to, you know, with my raging podcast that's super popular. I don't want to, you know, hurt hurt the name of a company. But another place we went to, um, it was a new employee. She was 17. So she was even, she was like my age. And so it was her first day. I felt so bad because she sold it to me. She checked my ID and she was like, uh... Uh, and I looked nice. Like, I don't look like, you know, I have an addiction to something. I look like a nice person who's, like, cleaned up, you know, and I was just, I was buying it. But it was, like, 10 a.m., so they should have gotten some red flags. But she sold it to me. Uh, and then another guy, uh, he, he, I had cash for all of this because I'm not just going to put on my card um, that I bought alcohol. But they they would give me cash um, to bring in, so it was it was a Sam's money. <laughs> I can't like, get over that. It's so funny. I'm so creative. Um, so I paid the guy cash, and he completely gave me my change. Like I was walking out the door, and he checked my ID and everything. And then he goes, 
uh ma'am you know and then he does like a recount he's like hold on come back you know I could have just left because he already gave me my whole transaction. We were done. But he's like, I don't want to get in trouble again, he said. And I was like cackling because I was like, again. Um, So he ended up like taking back my change. He gave me back my money. It was really, that was the weirdest thing. Because I was like, I just have to stand here while he knows that like I was trying to trick him and, you know, exchanging money back. It was weird. But I could have just left, to be honest, uh, because he pretty much sold it to me. So, what happens after uh, I make a sale, unfortunately, um, both the special agents would go in and they would either write the place up or they would give them, like, a warning. Um, and they pretty much, honestly, they just talked to them, most of it. I, they left me in the car. <laughs> they are like, okay, now you have to sit here while we go in and handle the real stuff, you know. Uh, they were pretty, they were a pretty tough-looking group, to be honest, um. I was kind of scared of them. They looked pretty tough. So when they went in, I was like, I feel bad whoever's on the receiving end. Um, And they would just kind of sternly talk to them and say, you know, you're selling. You check their ID. You see that they're... Now, I wasn't even 18. So it's like, whatever the drinking age you think is, it's like, she's still not at it. And you sold it to her. So um, your store needs to be cognizant of this. Like, this is a offense. This is a crime. You can't do this. So... Anyways, that was actually pretty, pretty exciting, uh, because as somebody who, I, I personally am a, somebody who, who doesn't, uh, just go around buying alcohol, so I, I thought it was pretty exciting for me personally to just, it, it was kind of like, just a little mission I was on, I was like, just, you know, how, how casual can you be, what, sort of little behaviors can you can you do that make it seem like you're not you know underage like what what can you do you can't just walk in whistling you know with your hands in your pockets like you you gotta have some mannerisms that make it seem like you're at least 21 even having your face look like you're 17 years old you gotta just give off a 21 year old vibe or older and I kind of felt like I did that a little bit which is a little scary, but, you know, in general, I thought it was a really great learning experience because it's nice to be on that side of the law and to be in the car with the agents, going in, knowing you're doing this so that you can um, have more stores be alert and and be less less willing to sell to minors. So it, was, it feels good because you feel like you're helping um, keep keep it low keep the selling to minors uh lower so it was a really awesome experience i'm so glad i did it and i actually did make a little bit of money from that which was even nicer because it's like i would have just done this for the job experience so it was a double whammy but really great time i had a lot of fun so in my last segment i think i'm just going to wrap up today's episode So if you're new to my podcast, Into the Lawful Mind, I definitely recommend that you go check out my last few episodes because we are getting close to the season finale uh, where I will be closing out my podcast season one. I really appreciate you guys listening to today's episode and I hope that you got some insight on what it looks like to just be somebody in law enforcement. Uh, These are the everyday workers. These are people that every single day they have to 
deal with individuals who are either uh, seeking to break the law or or they accomplish it and and it takes it takes a real person to to be able to talk talk somebody through um when they're scared you know and they feel like they're gonna get in trouble for something they're trying to evade they're trying to hide things and it takes a real person to kind of crack that open in a in a nice way and I was really impressed uh with the special agents with the the court judge uh with the the officers uh I want to give a thanks to officer Cade Woods I had a really fun time that was a great experience I think everyone should do one ride along in their life whether you're in interested in law enforcement or not it's definitely a great experience big thank you to my amazing mentor miss tiffany burton for setting all of that up setting all the court dates up and special thanks to both my special agents who i will be working with in the future as an 18 year old so hopefully i'll make a few more buys even though it's more of a hopefully not situation uh i really hope you guys tune in to the next episode of into the lawful mind where i will be discussing my personal life everything about carly burns that you ever could want to know i'll be diving into my backstory and a little bit about myself so please tune into that episode so you can kind of see why i've been directed into the field of psychology and law enforcement hope to see you guys in the next episode catch you then